Hello and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. I'm Sev. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. Class is now in session. Today we're going to be talking about interracial relationships. Um, Funny that you uh, brought us in. You're the only one. I know. I'm the only one not actively in an interracial relationship, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's good that I brought us in because um, I feel like I'm going to be asking a lot of the questions today. Yeah, I like that we have different perspectives too because yeah, um, I am the white person in my interracial relationship, <laughs> and I'm obviously not. not. <laughs> yeah, is, is this your first interracial relationship, Gina? Um, no, but okay. it Just is fair. my first relationship with somebody who's black. Uh, mm-hmm. My other interracial relationship. Well, she was Mexican. Mm, okay. I'm just curious because like, technically, if you think about it, all of my relationships are interracial. Like there's not really a way for it to not be. The only since way I guess you're would, interracial? Yeah, I, since I'm biracial. Yeah. Like even if I yeah. dated like another person who was like black and white, like you still yeah. have like the two different sides of the family. I don't know. It's just like weird to like think about that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I have dated white people before and my partner is white and I love her. Um, It is a little bit easier or different, I would say, to like date another person of color and be in an interracial relationship. I think when people think about interracial, they think like white and person of color, but like really it's, you know, any combination of race. Um, Yeah. Like the difference is like noticeable and it feels more like they're like getting where you're coming from because like being a queer person of color is a lot different than being a white queer person and like we do have like the similarities but then like those racial differences I think really set things apart and it does make things a little bit easier but also like I don't know I like one of my most recent relationships was a person of color and like my girlfriend now is like a million times like more woke than she was and like checks people on their Mm -hmm. racism Mm -hmm. around her like so it really just depends on like the person that you're with. Yeah I was gonna say I think it depends on the person and like I think like being cognizant of race and like understanding that kind of stuff there are so many people at like different levels of that Mm -hmm. I guess yeah Yeah. levels of understanding like even I consider myself a very like woke person you know like mm-hmm. I understand I refer to myself as a good white person yeah like yeah I try to learn because uh, there aren't good yeah, ones like, like there in, are bad ones in, in, in non-allies as much as I can yeah but there's still so much that like especially in a relationship dynamic there's so much that you like as a white person don't really realize mm-hmm. yeah. like until someone points it out and you're like oh yeah, yeah, like it yeah. makes sense, but I never even like that's never even right heard to me until somebody said it, you know. So I think that's like a definitely an interesting addition to the dynamic of a relationship. Yeah. yeah. My girlfriend and I just watched, we finished it tonight. We started it yesterday, but we just watched Save the Last Dance and she's never seen it before. And I had I like Oh my do not pay attention to like what topics we're doing so like it was just very ironic that we're That's doing funny. this <laughs> and we just finished watching say the last dance and it's all about like a white girl like taking a black man from the black community and like I don't know and I was just like explaining to her like the perspective of like the women of color and how like the beef is really with the man who's like putting white women and European beauty standards on a pedestal and this like internalized racism and looking down on his own community. Um, and like, obviously there are situations where you're just in love with the person. It doesn't have anything to do with that. But I do think uh, there are some people that like fetishize whiteness and like 
use it to kind of like one make their kids lighter and then two like put themselves in a higher rank Mm -hmm. you know like that person's not like a prize or whatever and I feel like like it's definitely whiteness it's like an interesting conversation I've been hearing a lot about like online and stuff as far as being the white person in a relationship that is interracial I feel like I mean maybe this is just being a white person in general like (laughs) if you're doing nothing then like you're actively being part of the problem yeah Yeah. and so for me like I'm always educating myself and asking questions and then reminding Mm -hmm. myself that it's not my girlfriend's job to answer those questions for me but it is Mm -hmm. still my job to find the answers and it's not like I'm gonna end someday being like okay I've done everything I can do and now I'm all Mm -hmm. done like Like, for the rest of my life so much more yeah right now I'm reading um a book and I haven't gotten very far like one chapter in but it's actually called white tears brown scars about how Mm. white feminism betrays women of color and so like I always have something I'm reading I have a list Mm. on my website of all the different like racial like better help self-help books that you should um read but I feel like it's not just reading it's like yeah exactly and you should be doing more and advocating and I'm doing a lot at work right now with diversity and so like I don't know I feel like it's just like you have to realize the way that the system was set up before we were alive. And Mm -hmm. um, if you're not acting against it, you're just letting it rock. And that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that, it reminds me of what, what's that quote? That's like, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you're siding with the oppressor. Um, Yeah. So that's like what you said basically is like, if you're neutral, you're just letting people get away with shit. So, you know, be proactive. Yeah. I think kind of part of this goes into our first question which was good like how do you navigate the power dynamics slash privilege in this type of relationship in our actual relationship I don't think we have a power dynamic based on our race it's more like in society people Mm -hmm. will treat us differently um I don't like that, but I also have given her full permission to use my white privilege to any advantage she sees possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm aware of it. Like even when, like I said, my ex um, is Mexican and while she was born in America, gets nervous in certain situations that I just, it never even crossed my mind to be nervous about. Obviously my girlfriend being black would have the same issues in certain social situations that just would never cross Mm -hmm. my mind. And so there's a lot of that privilege of just like, I don't know, things you never think about because you're fucking white and you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And, um, if I can protect them in some way, I would like them to utilize it, but like, it sucks that this is like the way it is. And I don't know if that comes off as wrong. It's just like, (laughs) I have a lot of white guilt, obviously. So Mm -hmm. I don't like know how to help always. Right. And I don't think like there's always a way to help honestly and like I like guilt is like a horrible emotion but I think it shows like that there's like a need for change and yeah like there's really not much you can do in some situations but what you can do you can use that like guilt to propel you when you're just talking I was thinking um like the power dynamics privilege thing I once um had a little incident with a car and you know, the police were looking for me and my white ex went and kind of took the rap for that because I was like, you know, if I go like, they're not going to be great to me. And, you know, she went and sweet talked them and they didn't call her insurance. Like it was not even a big deal. Yeah. And I think part of it is just like who she was as a person, but I also think like 
the white privilege did play into that. Like you can't act like that's not, you know, a sprinkle of an ingredient in Mm -hmm. the concoction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I was thinking about like the power dynamics in the relationship aspect, because I also don't really feel like there are power dynamics in, in my relationship or in past relationships. Well, I guess like I was with like a man before. So I guess there's like, it's a different kind of power dynamic. Yeah. It's like the more of the gender power dynamic. He was like a white man though. So like he had a lot more like social power Yeah. Have you been Um, with men of color or was he really the only guy? The only relationship I've like been with men of color, but like not like relationship. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with the power dynamics or privilege in the relationship, the one idea I got while you were talking was, and like, obviously there's like inherent racism, like ingrained in everyone and like the internalized racism in black people and people of color. Um, but like, I feel like it's easier for the people of color to like accept the white people. And then if it's like a white family and they have no people of color and like you bring a person of color around, it's a bit um, different. That's the only like power dynamic in the relationship, not enforced by like society that I would think of is that it's like kind of easier to integrate into the non-white One family. Thing- that I'm lucky about is that yeah. my family has people of color in our, our family nice. yeah. who've been adopted, married, whatever. Mm-hmm. So my immediate family is white because my parents are mm-hmm. Italian and we are like, we are Hispanic in descent, mm-hmm. but like, look but at me, like I'm a white, white person. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to act like I, you know, we're white. <laughs> right. Like um, there white that one, that one lady who pretends to be Spanish. Stop. Uh, what's not Clooney's wife or whatever. Not George. It's not. It's Alec Baldwin. Hilarious. Alec Baldwin. Alec They're the same person. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I'm as Hispanic as Cameron Diaz. Like, mm-hmm. or maybe less. <laughs> right, like right. we're we're not. You know. Yeah. But um, my extended family isn't all just white. And my little cousin was very excited when she saw a picture of my. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with my family, like obviously my family isn't all white either but they still say and do racist shit that I have to like call them out on and I feel like oh yeah yeah there there's I experienced some racism from my own family this past weekend which wasn't very fun um and like yeah just because people I think are like inherently um racist and then they're like the people who are like not so overtly racist and the people who are like I'm just making a funny joke and you have to like check them on their shit um, yeah so yeah that's especially, not really fun yeah I feel like especially when you're their family they feel more comfortable saying things mm-hmm. and it's like just because I'm your family doesn't mean I'm not about to check you for this right yeah it like hits harder when it's like your own family because it's like damn, exactly. I like really can't escape it um I do like with like my black family they don't really make comments like that and if they do it's like more of like a punching up talking about like the privileges sort of thing whereas with like white families that I've been um around or even my own family it's more of like you got to kind of like call them on their shit because they're just saying what the fuck ever they want and not thinking like oh there's a person of color in the room and I think when you're like someone's first partner that's a person of color that they've like brought into a room it can be a bit awkward even if they're like the most well-meaning I feel like people have still just said shit to me that I'm like why the fuck do you think that's okay to say yeah yeah Yeah, so that's actually one of our other questions what should you do if you or your partner's family is prejudiced or racist and as a white person in the relationship like it is I feel like it's your job to speak up I've even like Mm -hmm. I've said to my girlfriend like 
I don't care if I'm with you or not with you. If my, if somebody, you know, that I'm related to says something you don't like, you, you can say mm-hmm. anything you want to them and I yeah. will have your back. Yeah. But if you're in the thing. room, I can speak up yeah. for you. It's up to what you mm-hmm. want really. Right. But like, yeah, exactly. it, you do have to, you yeah. do have to be able to like, know that you're, if someone says something out of line, you're going to, you're going to have to step in, especially mm-hmm. as a white person. Cause like, you yeah. can't just like expect them as a person of color to be, to be the, the, the one, like sh- the bad guy in the room, yeah, you know, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I'll be the bad guy. I don't fucking care. You. Yeah. I mean, that's why it that's should be. Fine. That's using your privilege, especially in your own family. Like they're going to love you no matter what, but like, they're going to be like, Oh, Oh, her girlfriend's like so sensitive or whatever. You know what I mean? You don't want to like yeah. put that on that your partner yeah and that's not to say I never make mistakes or anything like I don't want it to come off as I'm like the model white person Mm -hmm. that everybody should exemplify like no I have made mistakes I've done things that are cringy and embarrassing and horrible Mm -hmm. that I like I mean not like to the point where you'd be like we can't be friends anymore but like yeah things that I wouldn't give a fuck for comfortable doing today obviously no we all like I I I think think yeah one that's part of growing as a person and two especially as like white people yes unfortunately it's just part of it gets so normalized to be just like like, especially when you're like younger right yeah I was thinking the other day about how when I was in eighth grade this like popular boy at my school walked up to me and it was like towards the end of the year and like I went to a high school where you had to like apply to get in and like you had to take tests and like I was so excited to go because I wouldn't be around like these pieces of shit but anyways this white boy comes up to me and he goes he like he's like suck and word hard, hard R. And <gasps> I just stared at him because I was never called that word before. And I haven't been like since, not in person at least. And I just stared at him and I wished like I would have beat his ass, but I was so afraid that I would like somehow not be able to get it, like go to the school that oh, I wanted to go to. What that a I like, horrible place to be in. Do anything. Yeah. I did not do shit. And then also, I was also afraid like if I had said or done anything, he was like popular. So I was afraid of like getting jumped or like, you know, something yeah. retaliatory happening to me. So I just, stood there and stared yeah. at him like what the fuck and yeah and, and like, like wild if I were how in... much racism is just like rampant I yeah. don't know it's like just... you're not really taught how to like fight racism exactly or how until to be you anti-racist grow up and learn yourself yeah, yeah. and I think it, a lot of it is because white people and white families either like pretend not to see race or like don't know how to talk to their kids about race like I bought my friend her yeah. daughter is half Mexican but she's white and um like the baby's white I mean not I mean so is her mom but yeah she's a white Mexican and mm-hmm. um I bought her a book that's literally called anti-racist baby uh so that she could like read <laughs> it and like you know get her started on that and all of the reviews on Target's website were there were like two good reviews and the rest were awful because people couldn't believe that you were talking about you race and racism with a baby, baby racism it's yeah, so like slow it, no you have to start young like or else people yeah. think walk around and think it's okay to say this in eighth grade and people uh-huh. don't know how to respond because we're not taught okay. about race or racism yeah. like at all. Yeah. that's the only way we can handle that all right well speaking of white families this is kind of a nuanced question um, somebody said my partner was raised by white people. So I'm going to assume the partner then is not a white person, but was raised mm-hmm. by white people and can act a bit privileged. How do I address resentment? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a good answer for this. Cause yeah. I like have been the person of color in a relationship with pretty privileged white people and maybe they weren't from like the wealthiest families, but like they had a lot done for them. They had a lot 
more than I did and like they just like took it for granted and or like acted like shitty like bratty a little bit and it's just like do you realize like you have like a hundred mile start that I did not have even though I have have half of my family is white like I still am very far behind you in a lot of ways um I mean I I guess I can't say for someone else but I would think it's okay to like call them out gently because yeah, address it like I think I think privilege in general can be addressed without it being like it's your fault you have this privilege like sometimes yeah. it's just like no society dot you these cards and that's what it yeah. is like it's like all a game of luck and I'm okay if somebody says to me like oh well you wouldn't understand because you didn't have to deal with xyz like I'm not going to be mm-hmm. offended like those are just facts Um, so I would hope that any partner uh, like would understand that. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different situations, right? Hopefully they're sharing their privilege with you in any way that they can, like if they're your partner. And then I would hope like if they're acting privilege, I feel like that's like taking it like a step farther and being like, there's the simple fact of like Mm. being privileged versus acting privilege tells me that they're like kind of taking advantage of their privilege or just like Mm. acting entitled. And like, if you're resenting that to the point where like, you need to like talk to them about it. Like, I think that's a good thing to do. And if it's not ending, maybe that's when you end the relationship. If it's where you're like, all right, like this person's entitled and kind of an asshole. Like, uh, like, I feel like, I don't want to say just break up with them, but also it depends on like the left, the severity. Yeah. And I guess this, so this next question is interesting to me. So they said, why are they, and by they, they mean, why are queer interracial relationships just as hard as straight relationships? Seems like white queers are just as racist and idolize white feminism. White feminism, yuck. <laughs> so, like, what do we? Yuck. I, I mean, if you're gay or straight, you're, straight, like, you're dating oh. a white person. Like, interracial relationships transcends um, straight versus queer. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of overlap, probably mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's gay or not. Um, white people are a problem no matter what yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry yeah I've been it's not funny like, but I don't know what else to do but laugh yeah I've been reading a lot of like discourse about how some queer people seem to like use their sexuality to like divorce themselves from their whiteness and kind of like be yeah. like well see I'm oppressed I'm queer but it's like you still have that intersection of whiteness where you still have privilege from that like your experience is different than a queer person of colors and yes it's different than a straight person of colors but like that that's where intersectionality comes in and like looking at all of the different ways that privilege and suffering and just like society like affects you and like being queer does not divorce you from whiteness you still have the white privilege as a queer person and yes you do still have disadvantages because you're queer but like both can exist Mm -hmm. at the same time it's not a black or white situation let speak of race it's not a black and white situation (laughs) it's a gray area so like one of the um Yeah, one of the books that I read had this whole like privilege check and it Mm -hmm. asked a bunch of questions where if you answered yes, then you have privilege in that area. So it was Mm -hmm. like, are you a male? Have you guys ever done a privilege walk? Oh, I I, I know what you're talking about, but it's like that TV show that used to be on MTV where they'd walk into the center 
do you know what I'm talking about? And they'd be like, they'd go into schools and they'd have people in a gym and they'd be like, if you've ever, if you're a person of color, step oh. forward. If you're gay, step forward. And it's like, yeah, the we did them in college. Forward. My one professor made us do them every class I took with her basically. Mm-hmm. And you see at the end of it, like where everybody is in the line and be like, listen, mm-hmm. these are your classmates. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, And it goes, it goes so much further than what you can see to, or even what you typically think about. There's like, are you a man? Are you straight? Are you, but it's like, per, it's past that. Cause it's also like, are you Christian? Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. neurotypical? Yeah. Yeah. Are you able-bodied? Like there's mm-hmm. actually yeah. layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of privilege. I encourage everyone to look into the privilege walk, even if you're just looking at the questions yourself, because some of them, like you said, were things you don't even think of. One, uh, if you studied the history and culture of your ethnic ancestors in elementary mm-hmm. and middle school, if oh. your family oh. never had to wow. move due to financial inabilities, if you ever went to summer camps growing up. Mm-hmm. If, if your parents are still together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you knew since you were a child that you were, it was expected of you to go to college. If you were told by your parents that you were beautiful, smart, successful, like all yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of stuff really plays into it in ways that you don't even yeah I I hate the phrase like oppression olympics like I feel like people take that like blow that out of proportion when people are talking about like different intersectionalities and they're just like you're trying to compete and I do think like some people try to like weaponize different things to be like I have it worse but I think a majority of people when they're talking about their different like intersections of like race sexuality gender all these like different privileges and disadvantages I think they're like talking about like the nuances and like the different ways that they intersect Mm. but then I think especially online it gets conflated into just like oppression olympics like everyone's just competing to see who has it harder and they're like trying to compete with their suffering and I'm just like yeah can we like look uh, at things from like a more positive lens like can we try mm, like can we just just, like try to understand people yeah it's ridiculous it's not a competition like everyone especially as people who are born female like we have our own issues it doesn't negate the fact that like then as a white person I have issues I don't have to worry about and other people Mm -hmm. do like it's layered and intersectionality is important for that reason because there's so many ways that people can have privilege and be oppressed but yeah it's not like a competition Mm -hmm. I agree. Since we're talking about different intersectionalities and different forms of privilege, another question we got is, how would you make relationship with different religions involved work long-term? Do either have you either you dated somebody? Yeah, I was like, did you um, date somebody with a different religion? My c- girlfriend and I are neither of us are very religious, but I, we do grow, we grew up differently. Yeah, I grew up Christian, but I, I've never been like super religious so other people's religions have never been like it's never been an issue I was talking to someone for a while who was Muslim and I remember that was like a topic of conversation a couple times Mm -hmm. was like what if this went further how Mm -hmm. would that work yeah Uh, because they were like committed to their faith in a way that I was like I don't want to commit to any faith Mm -hmm. like do you expect me to yeah Yeah. how would that Because some people like want to get married in their church. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of churches are very much like, no, you know, so it, um, I don't know. But Cheyenne, you said you have insight into this. Yeah, my experience with that one, I'm also not religious, but I do 
do a lot of witchcraft and I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like my religion but it's more like a spirituality and like connection with the universe and that sort of thing and the two relationships I had prior to this they were very Christian women which Um, is typically anti-witchcraft right yeah in historics the one ex she like didn't have a huge issue with it she was pretty Christian like she was like more low-key about it um but like still believed but we just like didn't really talk about it too much but the ex before that was like more when I was like getting into practicing and she just like did not want to hear about it did not want to see about like see anything um but she was like cool with it but she like anytime I talked about anything having to do with like witchcraft or like my version of spirituality she like was like covering her ears like la 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 like she did not want to be like she was freaked out by it and like to be fair she was like super Christian at one point like super super christian um so yeah. like she was still There's kind of, of unlearning uh, all of that, that yeah. because she like kind of realized yeah. like i do believe in god and jesus but like i don't necessarily subscribe to like the homophobic religion that i was under for a little bit because i'm a lesbian sure. um but like she had like a picture of jesus in her house with like a rainbow beh- like painted behind it she like painted mm-hmm. a picture of Je- like in her house <laughs> okay. and i was like I mean, I have like an altar like in my office and I know you're freaked out by that and you're freaked out by the tarot cards, but I'm personally freaked out by the Jesus picture because I was raised Catholic and I was taught to fear God and I took that a bit too literally growing up and I would lay in bed and just be terrified that like an angel is going to come to me at night and like seeing like my grandma's pictures in her house, like (laughs) I was like, this is scary. Like this freaks me out. So like having that in the house was weird for me. So I don't know about like navigating the different religions but I think like if you have respect for each other's and like um maybe a don't ask don't tell policy would work here uh (laughs) yeah and like I said depending on long term I mean you have to know are like are you converting because some people like can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery or can't get married in their and do you care if you get buried together do like does yeah like do you care about yeah I would say that this is like um I don't know what it's what is this called oh a y and x axis x y axis I would say this is like a y x axis chart where on one axis it's how religious is your partner (laughs) and the other one is like how much do you care about your own like or religion Mm -hmm. in general because for me like I don't care that much about religion so like I don't care that much about what my partner believes Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I'd want to date somebody super religious um, if it was going to like really like, I don't know if it was going to really impact our life just because I'm not uber religious. Right. Yeah. But I also am very interested in like theology. I just like to learn As about how people grew up that's different than me. Yeah. yeah. And so I do kind of like that I'm dating somebody who's had different life experiences because it gives me insight that I wouldn't get dating somebody else who grew up fucking Catholic, you know? Right. As a person who's not religious, like dating a Christian it's fine if they're not super Christian but like if I were dating like a Muslim person or like a Jewish person or someone of of like a different faith that wasn't the one I was brought up with if they were more religious but like not subscribing to like the harmful parts of that religion I would be more cool with that than like a more religious Christian person just because I like I don't know I'm like more interested in it I don't know if that's like fucked up to say like I guess let me know if I like it depends on I mean as a Christian I'm not offended I'm not as an ex-Christian yeah as an (laughs) ex-Christian 
Yeah. And then like, if you've had like, like people have religious trauma, like maybe you don't want anything to do with anyone who is religious because that was a very traumatic experience for you. Like there's a lot of like different angles you can come at this. Yeah. I I um, think you can make it work long-term, but it is a discussion that you're going to have to have a plan for early on. If you have very conflicting religions or you're both very into your faiths and they're different, but mm -hmm. I don't think that like you can't make it work growing up with different mm -hmm. backgrounds, uh, you right. know, if, if you're, if you're in love, whatever. Yeah. I think we only have a couple questions left. So do we want to take a little break? Yeah, I think that should be a good break. To me. Okay, we are back talking about interracial relationships. And this next question, someone asked, is it a red flag if someone only dates one race and in parentheses, they put not their own? Now, I don't do this, mm -hmm. but I have said that I'm not totally interested in dating other white people moving forward. I kind of feel about white people the way I feel about men. Like I'm never going to say never, but they'd have to be a really good one if mm -hmm. I was going to do it. Um, am I a red flag? Is it a red flag if someone only dates one race? Where is the line? I don't I think, think that's a red flag. Yeah. Like, I think there's a red flag when it turns into fetishization. And where is, is the line of fetishization? The line is more in, like for you, you're saying it's like a personal choice based on how white people respond to racism yeah <laughs> like how white, white people respond people... to society and are not going yeah, to in general exactly. challenge me as a human exactly yeah. it's not like oh I just like black people looking at black people. but like, like Cheyenne if you didn't you know, know me as not... a person of color and I said mm -hmm. I don't really want to date white people and you didn't know anything else about me would you be like that well, I would like ask why, because it's like, there's those people who like, I've had people so been, be like, your skin's like mahogany, like definitely like fetishize me okay. personally. I think like, okay. if I talk to you and I was like, okay, like I see where you're coming from, why you don't want to date people, but you're not saying never. I think it's really when it becomes like, I only date this yeah. race or I mm -hmm. won't date this race is when racism probably has something to do with it um and you're, mm -hmm. like in your situation racism does kind of have something to do with it but also just like society at large and like like I don't know you want someone who is not just like privileged and maybe not thinking about it I mean you'd want another white person who is like doing the work if you were with the white yeah. person but like you're yes. not ruling it out entirely but if you were like I would never date a white person. That's where I'd be like, oh, that's a little fetish. Like the fact that you're ruling it out. Completely. Yeah. I'd rather not unless the, yeah. Um, yeah. it like really aligned. And, and yeah. I think it, yeah, for you and from what I were saying, it's like, it's more about just intellectually almost like. Yeah, mentally. it's not about like how it's they It's not look. like their look and it's not like I want a or mixed culture. baby or yeah, I yeah. want to be in this club. It's not Trisha Paytas dating a Jewish man because she wants to be Jewish, you know, like. Oh, boy. Which, I didn't know she did that. It was very much just like, I'm Jewish now. I really love the Jewish culture. I really love the Jewish religion and I haven't had a culture. So I there is a very fine one. line between like appreciating culture at large and then being like obsessed with a culture to an, a point where it's like it's not a there, hobby yeah. appreciation like, versus appropriation like you gotta yeah. find that line mm -hmm. right exactly on another note we can kind of 180 here uh one of our questions is i feel like as a queer woman of color 
white women always expect me to initiate shit slash top and it's annoying how do I handle this yeah I was thinking about this question pretty hard because I have mentioned before that I'm typically the top typically the initiator and I'm like is it because white women are expecting me to or is it because we have this like over like and not that I've only been with white women just to clarify I have not but is it because of but that with or the is it white women of, you've been with that's the question right like I feel like it depends on the person, but I, I'm also wondering if, it, if it's this overarching like culture we have of like women are socialized in general to not make the first move. I'm like, maybe it is like the intersection of like race having to do with the fact that I have become like the initiator in most of the situations I've been in, regardless of their race. Um, like I am usually the one who initiates and maybe it's just because I'm impatient. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, let's just get this done. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah, waiting around. With. Yeah. I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm not waiting around for you to like get up the courage. Like just kiss me already. Uh, but like, I mean, I feel the same way. Like I'm a top, know. I initiate, I don't really think that, um, I don't, I guess I expect everybody's a bottom until they tell me they're not because right. I'm like, why wouldn't uh, that's kind of what you? I do too. Yeah. But like, yeah. I like the person of colors perspective on that like maybe that is why but like I think at least you are doing the work of the white person initiating like you're not putting people of color in that position to have well there is I think a problem with people the way that people sexualize black women and expect Mm -hmm. like them to be like more or less anything than women who are white like what you know as if there's a difference or whatever Mm -hmm. so like I understand where the question comes from I don't know how somebody would handle it, though, if somebody is expecting something not just because of their preference, but because mm-hmm. of race. Right. Yeah. I don't you know that you be fucking that person. Right. I don't know if you know, like, unless they're saying that to you specifically, like, then that's when you say, like, yeah. fuck you, I don't want to be with you. If they're not saying that and it's just like an, an assumption, you could ask that. Or if you want to, I was like kind of smirking while you're talking. So I was like, you could be really petty and just refuse to initiate with anyone ever. Like, I mean, that might not work out for you in the long run. Like you might miss out on some situations, but I mean, the only way that I can think to handle it, if you don't want to like bring that up and be like, Hey, is this why is to be like, just like refuse and just like refuse play the bottom to initiate the shit with white women. <laughs> yeah. That that's an option, I guess. I don't know if that's like the most like mature but I don't know that I would say it's immature either like I yeah I think it uh I don't know so you doing you. For you but uh okay the last question we have for you today is what is a challenge of being in an interracial relationship that most people don't think about I don't think there's like daily challenges that I see um one of the challenges that my girlfriend and I are facing is that if we eventually want to move diversity in a city mm. is very important to us right. and that is pretty hard to achieve especially cuz like there are certain places that are more progressive but they're very white and then there's other places that are like southern but they're really diverse <laughs> um there's a lot of like pros and cons to the different places in America so that's definitely a challenge is like as one black person, one white person, where do we want to live? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know that I have a better answer for that just because like, it's not, um, it's not challenging to be in this relationship. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I thought of just now, it's not like 
a huge challenge. It's like a little challenge, which is why I think most people wouldn't think about it. And it is like the difference in experiences that we've had, which like, I'm not thinking about like the overarching like racism that like I've experienced versus my white girlfriend. Um, But it's like kind of like those little more like insidious, almost like they're not microaggressions, but they're like little things that are just like, damn, like that like we were in the same exact situation and like your privilege got you one thing and it got me the other like the one the little thing I'm thinking of specifically is we both failed our first driving test but because she's like a pretty little white girl they just like passed her anyways and I had to like go retake it again and it's just like little things like that which obviously inconsequential in the grand scheme of things there are a lot of worse things in the world but it's just like thinking about like how many other little tiny like insidious things like it just like adds up over time and and not to like like, get on a soapbox or whatever but Mm -hmm. that little thing that you you know both had the difference of that's a small scale but on Mm -hmm. a big scale that's why guys like Kyle Rittenhouse are getting off scot-free and Mm -hmm. other people are going to jail for life for things they didn't even fucking do so like you're like you we obviously as people of any race experience those little things all the time where like Mm -hmm. I'm yeah just gonna get things fucking handed to me that I didn't ask for and you're not that you did ask for and whatever Mm -hmm. else and then that like blows up on a big scale so I feel like even acknowledging those small things is really important Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as much as it like sucks to like acknowledge I feel like it just it goes the butterfly you can't ignore it right and it's like they like kind of add onto each other and it's like thinking about like the other ways that we could have had similar experiences because I'm pretty sure we did almost like the exact thing wrong in our driver's test we took it at the same place obviously um we probably had different testers but like literally the only like difference is like kind of how we look I think she might have like been upset because she had like a job that she needed to get to but like Mm. I couldn't get a job because I didn't have my license to get like have a car you know what I mean so it's like kind of the same scenario in the same situation the the main variable aside from like the person giving the test was who we were and yeah I think it goes like a lot deeper and like I there are like bigger things that racism impacts but they're also like those tiny challenges that there's little things it's like hard to like look at people and be like damn like yeah it's it's the butterfly effect too like who knows what that job that someone missed out on because of xyz Mm -hmm. could have led to who they met and networked with or even Mm -hmm. the experience that they gained or the connections you have like they made like Mm -hmm. i yeah you never really realize and then that's like a whole experience that people are missing out on because right those are like little challenges like the resentment of like the privileges that mm. we don't get to have and like obviously if it's like a way bigger issue that is impacted by racism like that's a bigger deal but I think that's like a, a smaller uh challenge that you have to deal with in an interracial relationship mm. yeah yeah there's yeah. a lot of probably small challenges that we don't realize Mm-hmm. on the day-to-day that like are there because it is like yeah. a nuanced thing but um very much. I don't know I'm very happy though <laughs> yeah yeah I agree like the similarities are what bring us together not necessarily the differences but they like bring in added like insight and experience and you know some of it sucks but like some of it is good for the relationship and so I think like I don't know I'm a product of an interracial relationship obviously so I'm a little biased about all of them but I don't feel badly about them unless you're doing it like in a fetishizing way then maybe check yourself do some reading 
Other than that, get out there yeah. and date whoever the fuck you want. Oh, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, feel free to uh, rate, review, follow us on, I think most of our followers are listening to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash sapphic survival guide. You can get on there and you can get access to our discord. We have fun chats going on there. Um, there, there are different tiers that you can look at to become a part of that. And then if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Sapphic survival guide pretty well actually everywhere except for Twitter is uh sapphic at sapphic survival but Instagram TikTok with Facebook also at sapphic survival guide you can follow me Cheyenne at hot Mespian, on pretty much any social media platform you can follow me on any social media at the Libra including my website the and you can still listen to um hello wherever you listen to podcasts you can follow me, Sev, uh, pretty much anywhere at Lucky Sev with two Y's. Class is now dismissed. Bye.